All right, well, we have been talking about the book of John, yes. Book of John, we have been looking at it kind of from God's perspective, as in he sits up in heaven, as God's up in here, and he looks down on the human race, and he says, what is it that would help these humans to understand who I am and what message do I want to give to them? So tonight, we're going to talk about animals, and animals have been a part of mankind's experience from the very beginning, right? Animals were here before man was created um, because on earlier days of creation, animals were made, right? So as soon as animals, as soon as Adam came along, one of his jobs was to do what with the animals? Name them. Name them. So he named them and it would have been quite a task to name all different animals and come up with unique names that mean something today. Um, and that's an interesting thing. And, and as long as there has been animals, or very early in mankind, they have done something called domesticate animals. Do you know what domesticate animals means? tame them, yeah, in order to have them as pets, okay? So they are tamed in order to have them as pets. So when I grew up, we had all sorts of pets. We had pet finches, little teeny tiny gray and white birds with bright orange beaks and eventually they died. Because <laughs> that's what happens with finches. But they were cool to have around. We had a cage we hung up in the house and they flew around. You can hear them chirping and singing. And we had hamsters. Our hamsters' names were T-shirt and blue jeans. I don't know. That's why it was, must have been a 90s thing to do. And we had chickens, baby chicks and ducks and cats and dogs of all sorts. Um, since growing up, we always had that. So uh, animals of all sorts make a difference in our life, okay? They add a dimension to our life. And uh, just like our cat pumpkin now adds a dimension to our life, makes it interesting, and we do different things. But I remember Ulysses, my dog Ulysses. He used to have really bad habits, and he used to run away, and he did it at the most inconvenient times. It would almost every single time be the moment we say, oh, we're ready to go to church. Let's put the dog back in the house. And he was gone. 
We call Ulysses, 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 and all of a sudden we realize he was gone. Well, he had a bad habit of running away to one particular house just around the corner. And I remember that made me so mad so many times because it was always at the worst time for him to do it. But I would get mad and try to teach him some lesson, but he would just look so pitiful. And he would just stare at me and pretend like he was sad about what he did, I guess, and maybe he was sad, and I couldn't really stay mad at him. And I started to think about how God treats us and how we act towards God. And every time that dog ran away, as dumb as I thought he was for doing it, I would think to myself, I act that way towards God many times. I've done that personally. I've acted that way towards God so many times, and I have wandered away from God, not doing what he asked me to do. And then I began to think, how does God treat me when I wander away? God treated me with patience. God treated me with kindness. God was always glad to see me come back. And God often had to go get me to bring me back to the right path. So it was a challenge, but I learned from my pets. I have learned from my pets. One thing I've learned, like I said, was my patience. To have a little bit of patience with my pets. Another thing I learned, one day I was up in the attic and I was giving a friend a tour of our house long, long time ago. And as I was walking through an attic room in our house, or the upper back room of our house, there was rat poison in the back corner. And I heard a little bit of moving around. And before I could turn around and realize Ulysses had eaten the entire package of rat poison, which that is meant to kill rats, and it will. And so we called the poison control hotline to see what we could do to protect our dog. And they said, feed him a lot and give him lots of water. So we tried to keep giving him lots of water. And I'll tell you, the other end as it was coming out of him, it was bright blue and green. It was gross. But he survived it, and I learned one of those things that day that pets oftentimes need protection. Pets need protection. All right? And that is another thing that we'll look at today. We're going to look at that in John chapter 10. So let's go to John chapter 10, verse number 1. John chapter 10, verse number 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief, and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. 
To him, the porter, or the person that keeps the door, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by the name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, and they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. So back in Bible times, there was, they would take and find some natural rocky hill, okay? And the rocky hill, they would look for a little crevice in the hill, okay? And along that crevice, they would back up and build, start to build a rock wall. And they would build these rock walls out on the mountainside and create a great big closed-in section that was protected, right? And they'd have one single little passageway where they could allow to get in and out, okay? And so they would bring their sheep. As they were pasturing their sheep all day long, at night they wanted to put their sheep in a protected place. So they'd put them inside this, and it was called a fold. Inside the fold, the sheep would all lay down, and then the shepherd would go through the door and actually go and sit right in the doorway. All right. So what was the point of the fold? To keep the sheep safe. Keep the sheep safe, right? So they wanted that. They wanted that sheep, all of those sheep safe, and anything that got over the wall was not welcome, right? The shepherd didn't climb over the wall. The shepherd knew there was one door, one spot where you could come in, and they didn't climb over the wall. You weren't welcome if you were climbing over the wall, because if you were climbing over the wall, what were you? A wolf, or somebody trying to steal your sheep, okay? Whether it was an animal or a human, you were watching to protect those sheep, all right? So you have to be what's called legitimate. Legitimate. And legitimate means that you have true credentials or you're the right guy and you're supposed to be there. And that's exactly what the shepherd was as he'd say, I'm there, and I'm watching, and I'm protecting my sheep, and no one else is allowed in. So when I go out there, I talk to my sheep, and I tell them constantly, come this way, go that way. They hear my voice always, and they feel my staff and my rod pushing them this way and grabbing them and pushing them that way, keeping them straight, and they follow me, all right? And I'm gonna sit right there and protect them as sitting right in that doorway. So that person, that shepherd becomes the door and nobody else is welcome in, all right? Only the right people that know his sheep and it's only him, all right? It's only him that knows his sheep, and it's he that's going to protect them. So, my, when I was first had my dog a couple of 
for the first couple of years after he really got to know me, I went to college. And I had a specific car that I took every day to college. And the dog would listen all day long. And he could tell when I turned onto my road about a mile and a half away, he could hear and understand that it was me, my engine of my car. And it wasn't a particularly loud engine, but he could hear a mile and a half down the road, that's Levi. And he started to get excited. And those who were at home said, we knew you were coming home. We knew you were on the road because he could hear your engine turning down the road and hear me coming. That's, he knew it was me and he wasn't tricked by any other car. And a lot of cars sound the same when they go by. But he knew when I turned down the road, that was the car and it was me that was coming. It's the very same thing with anybody, any good pet knows their owner and they know their owner's voice, right? And when their owner says, sit, the dog sits because it's learned obedience. As long as you've, if you've taught it obedience, all right? And so your pets begin to know you. And that's exactly what Jesus is saying is, my pets, my sheep, the ones that I've been taking care of, they all know me. They know me personally, and they know my voice. And when I call out for them, they say, oh, that's Jesus, all right? And that is part of what, as we start to look at this, Jesus is taking something that has been common to humans forever. Animals have been in every society all over the world, different kinds of animals, pets and domesticated animals, farm animals, so forth, have been since beginning of mankind, we've seen these animals. We understand this. And so when God came down to earth and said, what should I do to teach these people about how I want them to think about me? Jesus said, I am speaking and I want you to understand me and hear my voice and know that it's me. All right? I am the rightful shepherd here. I'm the one who brings you in and to that protection. No one else is welcome to come in. Everybody else is coming to be a robber or a thief. Okay? They're coming to steal. They're coming to steal. So, verse number 7, as we continue on, of chapter 10, verse 7. Then Jesus said unto them, Again, verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door, but if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and go in and go out and find pasture. So Jesus is the door. He says, I'm the one who sits in that spot. 
I'm the door. So what's the point of a door? A couple things. To close something. To close something and protect it. Okay. And what else? So you can get in and out, right? It's pretty obvious, right? You need to be able to get in and out. If you didn't need a door, if you just needed to close something and protect it, you wouldn't build a door there. You just put it inside and build it around it, right? If we never needed to leave our house, we just build a house around us. No doors, no windows, who cares? We're inside, we're good forever. But we need to go in and out. And why do we need to go in and out of our house? For a lot of reasons, but what's one reason? Oh, go to school, okay. Go to work. And go to the store to get food. Go to the store get food, because eventually, if I'm sitting in my house, I'm going to get hungry. And what Jesus says is, if they come into my fold, I will protect them, and I will allow them to go in and out. So I'm going to give them protection, and then I'm going to allow them to go out and take them to a pasture where they have great food to eat, good grass, okay, which is what a sheep wants, is really good grass. Take them to the place where there's the best food for them. So Jesus says, I treat my people like that. I allow them to be protected by the door. I, I put myself in the place of danger, so no danger can get in and out. All right, I am the door. And I allow them then to go, they go in and out when it's a safe time. They go in and out with me and I take them out to the best food. All right, that's, that's the point of a door is to protect and then to allow in and out. So when Jesus said, I'm the door, I'm gonna protect those people inside and protect those people outside. Now, verse number 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. The legitimate shepherd. The one who really wants good things for you, the one who's going to protect you and take you out, treat you well, like that good pet owner that says, I want my very best for my pet, doesn't allow their pet, or doesn't want their pet to eat poison, okay? Now, I didn't want Ulysses to eat poison, but he did, and when he did, the very first thing I did was try to call and figure out what to do to get him safe, to get him well again, all right, to protect him the best I could from what had happened. Jesus protects us. Jesus does those things. But there are dangers and poisons and things out in the world. And what ha who are those? There are those who are come... Those, the thief come to kill and destroy, okay? Kill and destroy. 
And that thief that comes to kill and destroy is anything that's against God. So remember, God's here in heaven saying, I want my the people in earth that I created to turn and love me and do the right things and make good choices. And yet one of his creations, Satan, the fallen angel Lucifer, whom we call Satan, the accuser, all right, he did not do the right thing. And when he came to earth, he is trying to get every person taken down as much as he can. So if he can use things to trip us up, that's what he does. He comes to kill and destroy. Though, and he's not legitimate. He's saying, I'm in control. Satan says that. I'm in control. Don't worry. I'm in control. And God says, no, listen to my voice. Follow me. And Satan says, no, no, no. Come over here and do this. So Satan has helped promote many, many distractions out there. And some of the distractions that he has, that he's put out there are drugs and alcohol. All right. They are things that are self-gratifying. Things that we look at in this life and we get self-gratification from. That means that I do it because it makes me feel good and I don't care what anybody else thinks about it. That's not God's way. God does things because of love. And he wants us to do things because of love. Satan does things because of his self. His own self. He says, I want this and I want this and I don't care how it affects you. He has come to take from you, to kill, to destroy, do all that he can. And so all the things in earth can become a distraction. All right? Things on earth can become a big distraction. Anything that allows us, that consumes us, and takes us away from God, and thinking about God, can become one of those distractions and really do damage in our life. Even if we believe in God, if we become distracted by those things, Satan uses it to destroy pieces of our life. All right? Verse number 11, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. He that is an hireling, or he that's hired to do work, to take, take care of sheep, and not the shepherd, whose own not the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth, because he is an hireling, and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. So here is Jesus saying, here's why I'm legitimately the shepherd. I am the good shepherd, because I will put myself in harm's way of the sheep. Here's my sheep. Bad. Okay? There's my sheep. And... Oh, sheep have tails. And my... Over here is some danger. We'll say it's a wolf. 
alright? It's a wolf. And he wants to kill, alright? He wants to go because he's got big teeth and a hungry belly, alright? And he wants to kill, but the good shepherd said, nope, I'm going to stand in between and protect my sheep. I will give my life for the sheep. So what was the wolf in this world as God looked down? He knew that we as sheep had done wrong things. We'd gotten lost. We'd done all kinds of bad things. And we needed a shepherd, someone who cared for us, to walk us back step by step to a safe place. We were in great danger as we looked down on this earth. He said, human race is in great danger because there are there's there are wolves all around waiting to destroy them and they are one snap away from getting them one snap away from getting this sheep when i was a kid i used to watch a cartoon that uh there were two characters in the cartoon there was always some sheep and there was a watchdog, and there was like Wiley Coyote. And the coyote every day walked up to a time clock like they were reporting to work, and they'd punch a time clock, and the dog would punch the time clock, and all of a sudden they'd be on, and they'd say, good morning, Sam, good morning, Fred, and then they'd be on, and the coyote would spend all day trying to eat the sheep, and the watchdog would spend all day protecting the sheep from the coyote. And at the end of the day, they'd walk up to the punch clock just like they finished their day of work. Good night, Fred. Good night, Sam. They'd punch out and go home. That's the way it is in a cartoon, but it's not that way in life. See, Satan had been waiting to destroy sheep, and the sheep were in a great trouble in that they were about to jump over a cliff. And we as the human race were just on the edge of that cliff that was dangerous that would be lost forever. We had sinned and there was no way back. There was no way out. In fact, we probably were hanging off the edge of a cliff as a sheep, hanging by the tips of our fingernails or our hooves, and there was no way to save us except that the Good Shepherd had to come and grab us and bring us back. And it was only the Good Shepherd who could do that. We were in that much danger because when we sinned, God says, the wages of sin is death. That's the only thing you are going to get from sinning and doing wrong. So Jesus says, "Not I will go in and I will give my life to protect that sheep. And so Jesus came down and showed us his love for us in that while we were still sinners, while we were doing wrong, he says, I love you enough, I will die for you. And he died on the cross for us. All right. So he wanted to show us that he was going to put himself in between the danger and us and protect us, bring us back to a safe spot. All right. He was going to bring us back to that safe spot. He would defend us no matter what. He said, I want you to know I'm not like somebody that you 
hired at, at McDonald's to cook your french fries. Alright? Because if you hire somebody at McDonald's to cook your french fries and they're upset about something that day because they don't like the fact that they have to wear a blue shirt to work or a red shirt to work or something, all right? And they say, I don't want to do this. I don't really care about this. And they can walk out at any time, all right? And if somebody walked up to them and said, I'm going to hurt you if you cook any more French fries for her, all right? That person would say, no problem. I'm not cooking another French fry ever in my life and walk away. But if it was somebody who really cared, somebody who really wanted to do that, somebody who really wanted to protect you and get you your french fries, they'd say, oh yes, I'm going to stand there and I'm going to do this, no matter what the threat is. All right? You can't just hire somebody like that. It has to be someone that does it for love. Someone that does it for all the best reasons and all the right reasons to protect that person. And that's what Jesus did. He says, I'm going to stand and protect you no matter what, even though it takes my life. You could never hire somebody to be that loyal, to stand in front and protect you. All right? You could never hire somebody like that. That only comes from deep love. Verse number 16, And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I laid down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. The, this commandment have I received of my Father." Jesus is talking about, he says, I have other sheep. Now, remember this fold here. This fold is his flock, protected in here, and this is his fold. Who is he talking to? Where does he live at the time he's talking to these people in the New Testament? Um, Jerusalem? He is in Israel and sometimes in Jerusalem, yes. So he's in the country of Israel. Israel. The Jewish people live in Israel. And that's who God brought and created out of Abraham. Okay, His family, his tribe, was the tribe of Israel coming out of Abraham. All right? And Jacob was given a new name named Israel. And Jacob had 12 sons, and they became the tribes of Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel. And from those 12 tribes of Israel came King David and King Solomon and a whole host of leaders. And through them was Moses, before King David and King Solomon, was Moses who brought the law the law to Israel, all right? God's plan for humans to worship him. Now, it wasn't all of God's plan, but it was the beginning of God's plan to say, I need you to understand about God. God is holy. God is perfect. 
man is not holy and man is not perfect and you can't reach and do all my laws. All right, you can't do them on your own. You will fail again and again and again. All right, and, but he did all of that through this little country, this little set of 12 tribes called Israel. And as he was speaking to these people in Israel at this time, he says, I have other sheep, other people that will follow my voice out in the world. Now, if you remember, if you were to look at Israel, all right, well, Israel is in this little spot in the, off the Mediterranean Sea, right? It's this little spot over here, and uh, Greece is in the Mediterranean Sea, and the boot, of course, Italy is in the Mediterranean Sea, and then there's all of Europe here, and, and uh, Scandinavia with Norway is up in here, and that's just a little piece of that. Asia is way over here, all of this, and then all of India, and then there's Australia, China, and, and Japan, and then that's not to mention North America and South America. All of these places, many of them had people that lived in it. All right? Other tribes of people that lived in it. And much of them, they all originally came from Adam in that cradle of civilization, right near where, uh, in the Middle East, near where, where Israel was, okay? And those people went all over the world, spread out and continued to spread and spread and spread. We don't know the exact times and dates that all of them happened, but God says, I came down in this little country called Israel to give a picture of what it's like, what I want people to do. But that's not all. That's not where I stop. From here, I'm going to send people like Paul and people like John and people like uh, the 12, the uh, 11 other apostles, okay? I'm going to send them around the world, including a whole bunch of other people that believe in my name, and they're going to tell the world about me. And many of those people, regardless of whether they come from Greece or Italy or Norway or India or eventually America, as that, that spreads, there will be other people who will hear my voice and know that it's me. And in those other people, I will bring them into the fold with, with the Jewish people. I will bring them and show them that I was using the Jewish people as a good picture for other people to understand who I am. All right? How patient I am and how loving I am, how kind I am. And on and on and on it goes. All right? I am going to bring them into this fold. So who is that? That's me. And that's you. All right, those are people out here that are part of the Gentiles, or part of everybody else except the Jewish people. All right, the Gentile is anybody else that's not Jewish. Jesus says, I have those people out there. There are other sheep, and I'm going to bring them in. And so he does that through the church. He does that by 
bringing, helping with, with guys like Paul and Barnabas and Silas and others. And he's from that little spot in Jerusalem, he ends up going up all the way up through Scandinavia, all the way down into India, all the way down into Africa, right? Africa, great big continent of Africa there. And eventually that trickles over into the Americas, the story of Jesus. And the story of Jesus, regardless of the tribe they're from, regardless of whether they uh, had been a tribe that had been far, far away from Israel for a long time um, or not, there were these basic things that Jesus said, I will teach. I will teach them about sheep. All right? I'll use animals to help them understand this relationship between a sheep and a shepherd. People all across the world have domesticated animals and brought them in. And even today, even in a time frame where many of us don't, we can understand, well, that's what that's like. All right? I understand who Jesus is because I listen for his voice and I hear it and I understand it. All right? So that is what he's trying to say is there is this great big pile of people in the world that I'm getting this message out to and I'm starting here right now talking about sheep and a shepherd. So what do you think the Jewish people think about this? Verse number 19 of chapter 10 of the book of John, there was a division therefore again amongst the Jews for these sayings. All right, They disagreed with one another and they were mad. They were not happy about it. Verse 25, And Jesus answered them, I told you, and you believed not the works that I do in my Father's name. They bear witness of me, but you believe not because you are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. And the Jews took up stones again to stone him. He said, you don't understand what I'm telling you about the sheep and the shepherd because you don't recognize my voice. You don't know who I am. You don't belong to God, is what he's saying. Now, these people, these people in Israel had believed that if they were born in Israel, then they belonged to God. And is it true Israel is a protected nation by God? Yes, it is. His hand is directly on them. But is it true that every man, woman, and child born in Israel knows God personally like a sheep knows the voice of the shepherd? Nope. Just like any other country in the world, there are those who know God and those who don't. Those who will hear his voice and those who will not. It's a personal decision no matter where you are, to say, I will follow you, God. I will be loyal to you. I will be loyal to the shepherd who gave his life for me. It's a personal decision that we each have to make. 
Every single one of us. I can't make it for anybody else. I can only make it for me. And I have to decide what I want. And when they heard that he said they weren't, they didn't understand who he was. You don't recognize me. And then he said something that they said was terrible. He said, I and my father are one. In other words, we're the same. He said, God and I are one. In other words, I'm God. I'm come here to tell you this. And when they heard that, they not recognizing the love that Jesus had and all the other things that Jesus had, they could only see anger. And they said, we're going to kill him now. And so they went and grabbed stones. Now, let me tell you about stoning people. They used to take people out to push them to the edge of town where there was a cliff. And they would push them off the cliff and take multiple people, take a big rock and throw it down on top of them. And then as they died in agony, they would throw other small stones at them until they just perished. It was a terrible way to die. And they thought that Jesus should be stoned to death because he said, I'm God. You need to listen to me. You don't hear God. You don't listen to God. You only hear what you want to hear. You don't recognize me. And when he said that, they went after him. They were so angry. They didn't want anything to do with him. All right? So, what Jesus did that day, because he was God, is he slipped right out of the crowd. Just gone. Even though they were a whole crowd there ready to stone him, he walked right through them. Right out. Because he was protected. Because he was doing the will of God. Alright? You've heard about missionaries and different things like that throughout the world who doing the will of God got special protection even when it seemed impossible for them to survive. There was one time a missionary uh, who had a bunch of Bibles in their trunk. And they were, I think, going over the border of China. Their whole trunk was filled with Bibles. And they were trying to get the Word of God to the people of China. And it was illegal to bring a Bible into China. They were not allowed to. And if they were found smuggling Bibles across the border of China, they could be jailed or executed gotten rid of any way they wanted to. Somebody right there could torture them, do something terrible to them. But they wanted to bring God's word to the people of China. And so they drove up to that border and the border agents said, open the trunk. We're gonna go through it. So they opened the trunk and they thought, here we go. It's full of Bibles, they're gonna Jail us or kill us. They opened the trunk. The border agents looked through everything. Closed the trunk and said, thanks, have a good day. God helped. They never saw the Bibles, even though the trunk was full of them. 
because God can do amazing things, especially when he's trying to get his word, his message out to people to tell the world about this. It's that important to God that, he, that people know about his love. And so he wrote the word of God to give to the people of the world to say, here's the story you need to know. Understand it, live it, listen for my voice, and when you hear my voice, follow what I say. God came to break up all our thoughts about how it should be and how we should act and religion should be. He said, I want you to teach you some very basic things. Following God is just like a sheep following a shepherd. It's very simple, it's very basic, and it's very important. And it's based on a relationship between the shepherd and the sheep. The sheep know the voice of the shepherd, that the shepherd lays down his life for the sheep and protects that sheep from all sorts of harms and ills and things that could happen. And the shepherd takes that sheep in a safe way to green pastures to be able to feed and grow and do good things. And that's God's desire for mankind if they would only listen to the shepherd. Right? That's what he wants. God who created animals and who created mankind said, I'm going to use that to help people understand because I put animals all over the earth and people can understand what a relationship between an animal and its owner is. That voice, that loyalty, that ability to communicate and connect with that animal and where that animal follows you no matter what. God said, I'm, I want that message to be put out there in the world. And I want you to know how much I love you. And I came down as the good shepherd to lay down my life to show my love for you and to protect you. One more big message from the book of John He's the door, he's the protection, he's the way in, he's the good shepherd. He's there to protect the sheep and to show us his love. And that is the good shepherd. One more of the great messages from the book of John that God says, I want you to know about me. And that is that about John. So next week we will see great power that Jesus brings. Thank you very much.